This episode is brought to you by the generosity of our listeners. We all know that ideas cost us, but what is the hidden cost of your idea? That's what Armin and I are going to discuss on this episode of the Bold Idea Podcast. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Welcome to the Bold Idea Podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates. Along with Armin Asadi. <laughs> Armin Asadi. <laughs> Armin Asadi, that's right. I just got called out. Uh, at uh, at a like a worship night thing we just hosted, and the guy gets up. He goes, "Where's that Armand guy?" Armand, <laughs> where is that Armand guy? Everybody just started laughing. Like, ah, story of my life. Well, Armand is in the house, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, right. and we are so glad you're here for another episode of our podcast to put your faith to work and to bring your bold ideas to life. And it's going to be the Armand. <laughs> You're going to not get me to say your name right now. It's going to be the Armin and Larry show uh, today. We're not having a guest because we want to dive into a topic as we do from time to time that we think might be helpful for you to think about as you're pursuing a bold idea. And this one is to try to unearth those things that keep us from our ideas. We actually want to talk about the hidden cost of your uh, bold idea, and it may keep your idea from being bold. Yeah. For that matter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now, I think, I tend to think of myself as an expert in this area. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> well, I think you know, Armin, I had a t-shirt printed up that said, so many ideas, so little time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like it really expressed my creative angst. It had mm-hmm. a, a pile of light bulbs with one bulb that was uh, was lit up and the others that weren't. And it's like, um, you know, if there's anything that I know about myself to be true, I can be an idea factory. Oh, gosh, yeah. And it's like popcorn. Yeah, you're ideating machine. Yeah, just a machine. Yeah. And many of those kernels don't go down very well. <laughs> they don't pop up right. You know, it's like right. they're not all suitable for consumption. Right. Whatever. Right. Chip a teeth or two. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You know, and, um, and, and it gets a little bit out of hand. But one thing I have learned about is that in, in with every idea, there is a tax, mm. you know, and, and that's the hidden cost that we want to talk about. We want yeah. to talk about the idea tax and th- it's appropriate, right? Yeah. Tax season. It's tax season. <laughs> We've got April 15th coming up and I am feeling the stress of it myself because I'm behind on some tax prep work that I need to do. Me too. Yeah. So mm. if that's your bold idea to get your taxes done, uh, you might find that one of our hidden costs here or more apply and it's certainly due to me. Yeah. And uh, and I know that that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. But we want to talk about the taxes that we have on our ID, even though that might be such a, a painful word, it's actually an apt word because the way I define an idea tax is it's anything that weakens your pursuit. Hmm. And it, as we all know, it, with income tax, it weakens the amount that we get to keep. Definitely minimizes <laughs> it. It. <laughs> it. Sure does. Sure does. Especially here. Yeah. Uh, you know, Armin, you and I have talked about uh, 
taxes before in this sense and, you know, using the word maybe resistance, as Stephen Pressfield might have said. A long time ago, he said this. He wrote, uh, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us, and between the two stands resistance. Mm. And he kind of describes it as this big, monstrous force that's wanting to keep us from living our very best life. And he created a very wonderful metaphor of this in, in his book, The War of Art where, um, you know, he just personifies resistance. And mm-hmm. it's almost scary to read all the ways that resistance is like, um, you know, the, the, the evil force. Terminator or the, <laughs> the shark in Jaws, you know, sure. it's that evil thing that's just a, is relentless. Yeah, and scary. And scary, <laughs> and scary. And I think it's fair to say, would, would you think that if it's an idea worth pursuing, notwithstanding my so many ideas and so little time, many of those are not worth pursuing. But yeah. if, it is, if it is worth pursuing it's going to have some cost associated with it. Yep. And I think uh, for anyone who's like me, who's easily motivated or easily inspired and catches a good idea from an ideating factory like Larry, and you think, oh, this is the one idea I need to go pursue. And you have no idea what it's going to cost you. And you just go running and six months later realize that might not have been the best idea. <laughs> it was a great idea, but not the one for me. <laughs> exactly right. And I think that's the key thing here. If we're not aware that we're paying taxes on our ideas, we will succumb to the very thing that will keep us from implementing any idea, and that is overextending ourselves. Yeah. And I, and I think the balance you and I are always trying to find is... We, we lean towards the inspiration side with our podcast, especially with the type of guests that we bring in, but trying to balance it out with, uh, all right, let's assume you got inspired and you're about to go unleash the beast of your calling <laughs> and pursue this thing. Yeah. So what are the practical things that you need to do or know or process before you go pursue this thing, right? And, and I feel like this is that one of those episodes is how do we bring in the practical logic to you pursuing your idea. Yeah, we certainly don't want this episode to cause you to stop and halt your uh, pursuit of your bold idea. In fact, it could be that information itself can be a tax, you know, and so the very fact that we offer your thinking about some of these things could actually slow down your pursuit. We don't want to do that. Actually, we want to have you have the awareness of the kinds of things that you might be most susceptible to. Killed it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mic drop. Uh, what might be a vulnerability for you? Let's there go you with go. that word. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Problem so, solver. you know, there are a number of ways in which we can have these taxes that can hit us, as Armin said. If we're not aware of it, if we're not, if we don't think that we have a tax, then we will severely underestimate the amount of time something's going to take. Yeah. And this is almost with 100% certainty, my Achilles heel. If I look at anything in my life, I generally am more optimistic than I should be Hmm. in getting things done. In fact, Armin, when I apply the principle of setting a timer, you know, we talk about working in 20-minute focus blocks. When I set a 20... Which I never do, but I'm (laughs) glad we talk about it. (laughs) Well, when I set a 20-minute focus block and I say, you know, I think this is going to take one block or two blocks or whatever. Yeah. I surprise myself when I finish it before my estimate because I usually way underestimate hmm. the time it takes me to do something. At least you So estimate. it's a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll get it done. <laughs> 
So let's talk about some of these taxes that, that occur. So I kind of break them down into two types of taxes. There's the external taxes in many ways, those that you can't control. Yeah. And then there's the internal taxes that you can. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the external ones that affect you, Armin? Uh, man, if I'm, if I'm about to pursue an idea, external ones are going to be, I think, the obvious time with wife. Yeah. Time with kids. Yeah. Um, and I separate those two. They're yep. not, it's not a one and done. Yep. Um, my time with my wife is separate than my time with my kids. And then there's a third factor to it. it then it becomes time with my family. Yeah. Um, and on the other sides of it is, okay, I have a business, I have a ministry, I have passions, I have hobbies. I ha So I know if I pursue something, it's not like I get more time added to my day. So I have to, I have to figure out how much time am I willing to give up on my business? How yep. much time am I willing to give up on my ministry? How much time am I willing to give up on my wife, kids, and family? Right. Yep. So I, I think uh, those five things are the most common. And then after that, I, it goes into, well, do I want to give up time having friends, having social time, yep. having mentorship, having whatever, fill in the blank, right? But right. most of it for me on the external side of it is going to be relational. Yeah. Well, and what you've described is really important there because, you know, it's easy to talk about time management. And I have a little bit of a, a little bit of an issue with that terminology because it isn't time that you're managing, it's priorities, priorities. right? Yeah. yeah. Because we all have the same amount of time and yeah. all we're really doing is, is optimizing the use of our time. Maybe you call that management if you want, but we can work more efficiently. But the fact of the matter is what we choose to engage in is a question of priorities, which comes back to values, of course. Yeah. And uh, you clearly articulated yours. And many people view things that way in the sense that those values are the very things that drive them in that they are not going to pursue a number of other things because, you know, I want to spend all my time with my family. I want to yeah. spend all my time with my hobby or I want to spend all my time. And, and that is, you know, requires a certain balance as well. So where do you, where do you spend that? How do you adjust that? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have external costs that are different than... What I just well, I think the time thing is always there, but I think the, some of the things that for me with the external stuff that can slow me down, if I'm looking at it purely from a, this is an idea that I've already said is a priority for me. So it's not a question of whether I pursue it or not. Hmm. It's just a question of now what's keeping me from it. I think uh, one of the big things that comes is some form of criticism or rejection of an idea or, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's that because I can internalize that. It's the basic thing that when you hear praise from four people and one person has a very minor critique, it's yeah. that one person's very minor critique that is the thing I think about the most. Yeah. I, I don't even consider the praise from the four or five people. Yep. It's just it's that little thing. And it's this thing inside of me. I think that I always have this ideal and I want to present the ideal. And there's this hmm. notion of it's the thing I know that causes me to procrastinate, which is part of an internal now. Sure. <laughs> I've taken that external critique and a yeah. fear of it, perhaps. I've internalized it and it's now become an internal tax and I procrastinate. Yep. And I wait till the last minute on something and I wait and I wait and I wait and I wait. And I know a lot of reasons I do that is because I actually have this wonderful view of what this thing needs to look like in my head. Hmm. And I know that the more I actually work on it, the less it looks like the thing in my head. It's like, <laughs> reminds me of art school. You know, like I could 
I can really visualize that really cool tree. Yeah. And then I start to draw it and it doesn't look anything like, I mean, kind of angry at <laughs> what my hand is doing. It cannot keep up with what my mind can create. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't like my hand right now. I'm, I'm kind of favoring what's in my head. And yeah. so it'll stay in my head and it won't get out. And that's the thing. Yeah. I, I can conceive something much better than I can create and sure. make it tangible. Yeah. And uh, so... That's why, in many ways, it's so much easier to come up with an idea than it is to implement one. Absolutely. And the tax hits you when, you, when you're confronted with the reality of what you produce that isn't quite what you have envisioned. Hmm. And that's the real test, I think, of somebody who's a professional in terms of building an idea and someone who's just an amateur because an amateur gets stuck with the fact that it doesn't fit the formulation they have in their mind hmm. and they abandon it. Yep. <laughs> or they get mad at their hand. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it can't produce what they have in mind. That's frustrating. You know, you get, you envision the weeping willow that you want to draw and then you start painting it and it looks like the sky is leaking green instead of a tree. <laughs> yeah, or a dog with a funny nose or yeah, you know, whatever. I got screw this. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back to what I know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know, my oldest son at one point in time and he picked up my guitar and he started playing it when he was a kid and uh, you know it didn't sound like a song <laughs> you know because sure. it was just you know strumming strings without you know any good chord sequencing or anything and I, I could tell he was frustrated by that because mm. you know I think in some ways he expected that it would sound better <laughs> you know and yet if you think about it it is funny in a way but isn't that true for most of us we have this mm. competency that we like to we like to have. And I do ballroom dancing lessons every week with Anna. And I have for the last 15 years. Yeah. And I can tell you, I'm still frustrated that I've invested 15 years times 52 weeks, roughly. You know, how many lessons is that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, 15 <laughs> times 50. All right. You, know, you, 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 you got it. I mean, we're, we're well over 500 lessons, yeah. 600 anyway. And, um, and I don't, think I look like I'm a guy that's taken 600 dance lessons, you know? <laughs> and there's a there's a point where you go, well, at what point is that okay? You mm. know? At what at what point is that just all right because you're you're enjoying it. Mm. And so if I want to say that I have to have a certain level of competence in order for something to materialize, then that has become a tax for me. Mm. And that's an interesting thing about these idea taxes. They can they can take so many different forms. And a, a bad belief system that I have to have something in a certain way yeah. can slow me down from doing it. I could get discouraged and say, well, that's it. You know, I'm not going to take another golf lesson because I've never gotten a hole in one or I've never gotten a scratch golf or, you know, whatever your conception of what your future success at whatever endeavor is. You may not have gotten it, and that might be the very thing that weakens your pursuit. Right. Because you're not living up to your ideal. This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Well, I mean, let's take a moment and give thanks where thanks are due. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody that's out there supporting this podcast so that it can exist, thank you because it would not exist without you. Oh, that is so true because this is a nonprofit endeavor. We don't make any income from it. Very nonprofit. <laughs> In fact, we, we uh, provide support to it. So we're so appreciative of your joining with us through your tax deductible contribution to make this show possible. 
And if you do want to support and keep this bad boy going, then just go to boldideapodcast.com forward slash donate. Can you actually know what the internal or external cost is to an idea until you define the purpose of that idea? So for example, it has a business purpose, it has a ministry business, it has a family purpose, it has a whatever purpose and then to say where it falls on the priority scales in life and you know, whatever else would be required to kind of define that idea. Well, I don't know that you can determine, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure I follow your question, but I don't know if you can determine what your tax is until you're pursuing your idea. I think it is in the pursuit of it that you determine what the resistance is to that pursuit, right? It's that if you're not, if you're not actually trying to make something become real, whether it's to start a business or to uh, uh, do a, a ministry of some kind or to to write a book or to write a screenplay or whatever your uh, bold idea is, it's in the pursuit of it that you start to find the resistance to it because it's so easy to formulate it all in our heads. Yeah, That's kind of like resistance-free zone there. You know, I'm saying that because I, I find that fairly easy. Maybe some people are, would argue with me across the mic here and say, no, wait a minute, that isn't quite so easy for me. Yeah. Okay, but even coming up with that idea, even if it isn't easy for you, it's still, I think, harder getting it into tangible form than it is in idea form, even sure. if the idea form may not be easy for you. Which says, you know, here's a challenge for you. If you think the ideas are harder than the implementation, then go ask somebody to give you a good idea that they've had a hard time implementing and go implement it. Yeah. <laughs> and and see how you do with that. Yeah. It's a great idea. Well, there you go. <laughs> go take it. <laughs> I, got, I got more. No, no, I'm good. I got more. I'm, all, I'm here all week. <laughs> I'm already executing enough ideas that other people came up with, so I'm good. <laughs> well, here now you're, now you're bringing upon another idea tax. You know, yeah. here, here's the thing. So many of us don't know what we want to create and what we're here to create that we're busy creating other people's agenda, mm -hmm. you know, and as opposed to maybe, my, maybe that is what I'm here for. Maybe I'm here to help support and move you along for a time by joining you in that pursuit. Mm -hmm. But so often we don't stop to inquire, God, what is it that you want me to be pursuing? Mm -hmm. And by not asking that question, we have imposed a tax on an idea that we have not yet formulated hmm. because we basically said, I'm putting all of my ideas on hold because I don't want to spend the time and the energy and take the time. So I'm resisting even asking God what it is that he wants to create in me, which is another idea tax. All right. Of epic proportions, really, because you're, you're, you're not pursuing the thing that God wired you to do. Hmm. And I think over time you start to lose energy because you're not following what, I mean, to me, the, you follow the energy. If you're getting energized by something, uh, it's a good thing, good sign, perhaps, that God hmm. has wired you for it. Yeah. But sometimes I think people are scared to find out the thing that they desire is not what they're called to. And then the, it's a lot scarier prayer. Yeah. You know, because they're hoping that God will align with their plan. Yeah. That <laughs> was the other way around. But at the same time, you got the, you know, God will give you the desires of your heart. But how do you get both to sink in? Well, I think we need to understand that when we are fully satisfied that our 
pursuit of God is the greatest thing that we can do. And and whatever task we have that comes beyond that is just fine. Hmm. You know, it yeah. isn't it isn't about the thing that we create. It's about the creator. Yeah. And getting back to your priorities, getting it in that order is right. Hmm. And, I, and I think in some ways that's what creates the tax problem we've just been talking about is because we're focused more on what we're creating rather than the time that we take with the creator to see what he would desire for us. Yeah. So as you think about the things that have been on your idea plate, I mean, what are, what are some of the other kinds of taxes you've seen for yourself? One of the things I've, I've struggled with is I, I don't want to use the word balance. Um, but the practical side of things of if I pursue this, because I, I never pursued the small things, you know, it's always some big business thing or some whatever, mm -hmm. where there's just a high risk factor to it, you know, and I always, have, and it's not, and it's not just time, but it's, it's financial, it's energy, it's, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's, it's I, I mean, it just, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I just, I have to kind of weigh it out and say, I'm about to spend a lot of money, investing a lot of money into making this, testing out this idea. Because I don't necessarily know this is a good idea yet. It just sounds like a good idea. I'm convinced it's a good idea. But then comes time to, you know, put your money mm -hmm. where your mouth is. And uh, there's a practical risk factor to it. You always have to weigh out. And it, and it doesn't just cost you, you know, if you have a family, it costs your family too. So that one's tough because a lot of times the best ideas I see require the biggest investments up front. Yeah, they do. And I think part of what I am thinking about as you're talking is that there are times when your idea, because it requires so much from you in terms of it's literally taxing, it's got a lot, there's a lot of energy to it. Yeah. Not only the investment that you make toward it, but you're also resisting doing certain things with it that you could. So there's that tax on, on top of it. Yeah that over time you might need to decide, well, you know what, this is, is not worth all the tax that it takes to, to make it work. And, yeah. and that's, a, that's a big decision. Yeah. If I had to go back to anything that I, I do to weigh the cost of my ideas, I, I, and you already said it, it's just laying out my values and figuring out is this taking away from my values or is this feeding into my values? And um, the painful side of it is I often get excited about the ideas that don't actually feed into my values. They take away from my values, mm. but they might solve a problem or give me a temporary feel good or uh, give me an ego boost or whatever, you know, but yep. at the end of the day, take away from the things I actually value the most. Yeah. Well, that's one of the questions that Anna and I have asked each other when we look at different things that we might be pursuing is even decisions that we might make is what impact will this have in our relationship with God? Will this cause us to, mm. you know, grow deeper in him? Mm. Or is this likely to put such a strain on our relationship with God that it would be taxing for that? Mm. Because, you know, if that's the most important priority that we have in our lives, that should be the first filter that we put something through. And, you know, there have been times when I can I can say, you know, there have been such demanding times in our lives where, like, that's really made that challenging, mm. you know. So it's a good question to, to filter. And all those priorities that you mentioned earlier are yeah. really good. 
What about you? Well, you know, the one that I think I probably on a day-to-day -day basis struggle with, the thing that I think keeps me from pursuing the things that I clearly have in mind to do would be just distraction. It's the same old, you know, <laughs> squirrel. squirrel. <laughs> you remember the white squirrel that was hanging out your window? Oh, yeah. And you had a squirrel that, that, that moment. White squirrel, but with, that, that white but squirrel's with the great. Squirrel. I, I, like, I, like, I like my little white squirrel. <laughs> Um, and he's just, he's just amazing. Oh, the know? best part was we were sitting there, we're having this big deep conversation, we're strategizing something and go, oh, look, there's that white squirrel I was talking to you about. You see him? He's right there. <laughs> and then it clicked on you. You just yeah, had a squirrel I, moment I with did. an actual with squirrel. A real, with a real squirrel. Yeah. It happens every day. That was amazing. Sorry, yeah. keep going. Well, and it, whether the squirrel, whether it's the real squirrel or another squirrel, it's yeah. like um, you know, it, it it's it is a uh, persistent thing for me, and so I have to practice certain disciplines to do that. I mean, for for me to focus in one, you know, fortunately. I may be borderline ADD or ADHD or sure. HDHD <laughs> or you know club. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know so so I have ha I have to practice certain disciplines to just say okay when it comes time to doing something I have to recognize that a I first of all I have to s decide that I have the volitional choice hmm. and the ability to focus. Hmm. And fortunately, I can focus when I put myself in the frame of mind to do so. But I have to create the environment to do so. Hmm. I am not like J.K. Rowling who can sit and write all the Harry Potter books in a coffee shop, you know, with kids running at her around her feet. That, that, that would just not work for me. I don't have that kind yeah, of attention. No. So I have to get in my little room. And even, Armin, if, even if I'm home alone and yeah. nobody is here, I have to shut my door. I have to make it a cave. I have to put on my headphones and I have to turn off all my electronics and then I can focus. And that is the zone I have to get into. At least I mean, you I know to, what your zone is. That well, way. I think that's the important yeah. thing. So whatever, I guess the point of this episode here is, you know, we're just kind of free associating what some of the dream taxes are or some of the, some of your idea taxes might be. And because they come in so many different forms, we can't possibly articulate them all. But what are the ones that you're most susceptible to? What are the things that are going to slow you down in pursuing your idea? Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's distraction. And I know I have to have a strategy for dealing with it. If I'm going to pursue the things that are important to me, I have to have that strategy. The other is organization. I mean, that's, that's aligned with distraction, mm. but knowing what to do next. I have found that so much of my time, when I think about it, and I really honestly assess what, how I spend my time, so much of my time is just figuring out what's the next thing I should do you know, off my list instead of going, all right, that's done. This is the next priority. Hmm. I'm going to work on the next priority. And when I can do that, that makes a much more productive day. It makes me feel better. And I get a little bit of my tax off my, that tax burden off yeah. my back. Because <laughs> you're focusing on one thing. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm focusing on one thing. Not trying to multitask, not trying yeah. to do a million things yeah. and fail at them all. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do a lot of... I can do multi-switching, but not multitasking. Mm -hmm. So you can do a lot of different things during the day. That's why I like the 20-minute focus block because yeah. then you can you can say, I'm going to work on this for 20 minutes, take a few minutes break, and then switch to something else. Mm. Um, and that, might not, that may not work for some people. It works for me. And distraction has been the biggest, I think, of all the taxes. That's probably the, one of the largest for me. Hmm. Yeah, I think I could easily agree with that. I'm very easily distractible. You know, because of, well, 
I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a persistent problem for a lot of people. And I think more and more you find that a lot of people who are idea generators and want to pursue ideas are also people who have a lot of different points of squirrels in their <laughs> in their yard. <laughs> or in their field of view, I should say, yep. in one form or another. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So the, here's the lesson for this episode for you. First of all, identify the one tax because there are so many, but just what's the one that haunts you most persistently? Maybe take mine, for instance, you know, I would frame that to say, I get distracted by less important things, whether it's a literal squirrel or uh, another <laughs> item on my to-do list that isn't as important as my top item. Um, I might still be doing work. In fact, when I'm procrastinating, I can be the most productive and it's never on the very thing that I'm working on. And I think yeah. a lot of people experience that. So identify the one tax that haunts you persistently and then ask yourself, what's the truth that you could say to yourself about that tax? So mm. for instance, if mine's, I get distracted by less important things. My truth is I have the ability to choose and act on higher priorities and I, I can do that. I'm, that's, that's an ability that I have. That's a truth. And I, I'm quite confident that you have that ability too. That's a very easy one to plug in there and say, I can actually choose the right thing to do. And then say, what are the actions you can take to reduce that tax? So for mm -hmm. instance, I can turn off my phone. I can unplug it. I can go into a zone. I can fix a place to do this where I can improve my chances of reducing my tax. And then the thing that I have found to be most helpful in reducing my idea tax and we've talked about this before, I mean, is just simply scoring where I'm at on a scale of one to 10 yeah. and just say, how would I rate my ability to work distraction free right now? You know, so I might say I'm a seven or maybe I'm a six or maybe I'm a four. I'm, I get terribly distracted and I'm not able to get stuff done. Hmm. So then instead of thinking about how you get to a 10, just ask yourself how you get to one point more. So if you rated yourself as a four and you say a five, well, what would it take to make that a five? Like, okay, maybe if I started when I'm fresh in the morning as opposed to trying to do it at night, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that thing would move it from a four to a five. Right. You know, just change some things up and see if you can reduce your tax and increase your score and just keep track of that. You know, week over week or day over day or rhythm seems to work well for you. But if you don't measure it, you don't have a way of then saying, what could it take to improve it just incrementally? Hmm. And I think oftentimes we want to get the home run and we want to do it perfectly. Well, what if you just made it better tomorrow? Yeah. And that I think would be a good help. I think it's, yeah, I think it gives a structure, it gives a process, it gives you a way to view it. It gives you a way to measure it. I think that's that's a lot of good content right there. I don't know <laughs> if I can add to that. All right. Well, we hope that this was a helpful podcast for you and at least uh, as an episode to think about what your idea tax might be. And because Armin and I don't have enough idea taxes of our own, we'd love to hear what some of yours might be. So drop us a, a note at uh, boldideapodcast.com slash nine zero. And let us know what you think your bold idea tax might be and how you overcome it. Give us some tips that I think that would be helpful for our audience members as well. If you enjoyed this show, we'd love for you to leave a review at boldideapodcast.com slash review. And until next week, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying so long and thanks for being with us. You've been listening to the Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit Bold Idea Podcast dot com.